0: The following program is a PBS Wisconsin original production.
1: It is the absolute honor of a lifetime to be elected as your next justice on the Wisconsin Supreme Court.
2: Janet Protasiewicz wins the open seat on the high court in a spring election that brought record spending and record turnout. I'm Frederica Freiberg. Tonight, I'm Here and Now. Wisconsin held the most important election of 2023. We're breaking down all the results with reporter Zach Schultz, and political panelists Scott Ross and Bill McCoshin give us their partisan takes. It's Here and Now for April 7. Funding for Here and Now is provided by the Focus Fund for Journalism and Friends of PBS Wisconsin. Janet Protasiewicz won a smashing 11-point victory Tuesday night, winning a seat on the Wisconsin Supreme Court and creating a new liberal majority in the process. Protasiewicz defeated conservative Daniel Kelly 55.5 percent to 44.5 percent in a race that set spending records and turned out nearly two million voters statewide. As part of our Here and Now 2023 election coverage, senior political reporter Zach Schultz was at the Protosewitz party on election night and has this story.
1: Well, Wisconsin, guess what? We did it! We did it!
3: The stakes of Tuesday's race for a seat on the Wisconsin Supreme Court could not have been more clear the winner would determine the ideological balance of the court, and a record $45 million in campaign spending made sure everyone in the state knew issues like abortion and redistricting were hanging in the balance.
1: First, it means that Wisconsin voters have made their voices heard. They've chosen to reject partisan extremism in this state.
3: Janet Protasewicz spent most of the campaign talking about her values, making it clear to voters how she felt about issues like abortion, even if she declared that that would have no impact on how she might rule on the challenge to the state's 1849 abortion ban.
1: Our state is taking a step forward to a better and brighter future where our rights and freedoms will be protected.
3: This was the second blowout loss for conservative Daniel Kelly. Appointed to the court in 2016, he blamed his loss in 2020 on turnout for the Democratic presidential primary held on the same day. This time, he had no one else to blame. He spent the latter part of the campaign calling Protosiewicz a serial liar. He repeated those claims Tuesday night and did not attempt to look gracious in defeat even refusing to make the customary phone call conceding to his opponent. I wish that in a circumstance like this, I would be able to concede to a worthy opponent, but I do not have a worthy opponent to which I can concede.
1: And I will be a part of the solution to make our Supreme Court, along with my soon to be new colleagues.
3: Meanwhile, Protosewitz could barely finish her victory speech. As she was welcomed into the new majority on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. The results
2: of this election upset the 15 year conservative balance of power on the court. Zach Schultz joins us from outside the Supreme Court chambers now at the state capitol. Hi, Zach. Hello, Fred. So, this race, as you've said, set a lot of records. What explains the huge win for Protosewicz?
3: Well, I think you have to look at a number of issues, but Campaigns come down to the quality of the campaign. Protosawitz got out early, raised a ton of money, and spent a lot of money. And you have to look at the quality of the candidates. Uh, Dan Kelly has run and lost before. There were a lot of negatives associated with him. And then you have to look at the salient issues. And clearly, abortion was one of the most important issues that people were connecting to this campaign, and Protosawitz ran on that issue. And I think all three of those merged together for the margin of victory that we saw on Tuesday.
2: Where did she make gains and and Kelly take losses that were different from other elections?
3: Well, certainly, you first have to look to the wow counties, the Waukesha, Washington, and Ozaukee counties, those suburban counties outside of Milwaukee. For decades, those have been Republican strongholds, where giving Scott Walker overwhelming majorities, kind of countering out the power of Dane and Milwaukee for the liberal strongholds, and kind of leaving most elections up to the rest of the state to decide. And we have seen the erosion of Republican power at the top of the ballot since Donald Trump came into office, as those places are packed with suburban, educated women and families, and as issues like abortion have become more and more important, especially with the Dobbs ruling overturning Roe v. Wade, Democrats have been campaigning on that, and we're seeing continual slippage of what were once very strong Republican strongholds now becoming up for grabs, or at least not so so, so much of a blowout for Republicans. But if you look past that, and you get outside of the southeast Wisconsin, you can look to the Fox Valley. Protosawish did really well in Brown and Outagamie and Winnebago County, the so-called bow counties that are in that next class of counties. And then she even did well in southwestern Wisconsin. And when, when Democrats do well there, they win statewide. That's what you have seen with prior liberal wins for the Supreme Court and when Tammy Baldwin's had big victories in her Senate races. She's done well in those parts of the states as well.
2: with the big issues, um, as you have said, being abortion and redistricting, how soon are such cases expect to find their way to the Supreme Court?
3: WELL, FOR ABORTION, that, THAT ISSUE IS ALREADY IN THE courts. IT'S AT A LOWER COURT, AND WE'VE SEEN THE EVERS uh, ADMINISTRATION AND JOSH CALL, OUR ATTORNEY GENERAL, uh, FILE LAWSUITS REGARDING THAT FOR A WHILE, AND THEY'VE BEEN KIND OF SLOW PLAYING THAT. THEY DIDN'T WANT THAT ISSUE TO GET UP TO THE SUPREME COURT TOO FAST UNDER THE CURRENT CONSERVATIVE MAKEUP, BECAUSE THEN THEY WOULDN'T RULE IN THE WAY THEY'D HOPE THEY WOULD. AND SO NOW MAYBE THAT LAWSUIT PICKS UP A LITTLE STEAM, PERHAPS EVEN GETS REACHED DOWN AND PICKED RIGHT UP TO THE SUPREME COURT ONCE THE NEW MAJORITY IS IN THERE IN AUGUST, Protose WHICH DOESN'T TAKE THE SEAT ON THE BENCH BEHIND ME UNTIL THEN. SO YOU'LL SEE THOSE START TO PERCOLATE THROUGHOUT THE SUMMER AND DEFINITELY INTO THE FALL. AS FOR REDISTRICTING, WE'VE ALREADY HEARD REPORTS OF SOME OF THE LIBERAL LAW FIRMS STARTING TO PUT THEIR CASE TOGETHER FOR THEIR REASONS WHY THEY BELIEVE THAT IT'S AN UNCONSTITUTIONAL GERRYMANDER. We saw the the blueprint for one possible overturning redistricting in the liberal dissent to the redistricting case last year in which the, at the time three liberals on the court said that they believed that there could be a trial held in response to the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling on Wisconsin's maps. So expect those to be happening going forward definitely through this fall and into winter for redistricting. Obviously, there's an election in 2024. Those maps need to be in place by the spring if they're going to be done. So there's not a ton of time for these big, big issues to come before the court court and then get settled.
2: So in terms of the balance of the court, there are other Supreme Court elections in the offing, as you know, namely in 2025, when the term of liberal Justice Ann Walsh Bradley is up.
1: Absolutely going to run again.
2: I do have, by the way, I do have an idea and it is yes, after tonight's performance and seeing the energy in this row, I'm not only going to run, I'm going to win. (laughs) <laughs> so liberals uh, feel like they are on a new roll now is that fair?
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at the past few elections for the Supreme Court, aside from 2019 where that was expected to be a liberal win and Justice Hagedorn won by just a few thousand votes, liberals have been winning by large margins, 10-point margins for the last few races outside of that particular one, and we have to point out that no person ever elected the Supreme Court has gone and lost a reelection the only time that a sitting member has been defeated in a re-election is when they were appointed that happened to Justice Kelly and that happened to Lewis Butler back in 2009 so the history of appointed of elected officials is quite strong when it comes to looking forward to 2025 which is when Ann Walsh Bradley would be on the ballot again
2: a, a process question at this point does Ann Walsh Bradley uh, de facto become chief justice
3: NO, SHE DOES NOT. ACCORDING TO THE the CONSTITUTIONAL AMENDMENT THAT WAS PASSED uh, BY REPUBLICANS AND APPROVED BY VOTERS A COUPLE YEARS AGO, THE SUPREME COURT GETS TO ELECT THEIR OWN CHIEF JUSTICE. RIGHT NOW, THAT IS CONSERVATIVE ANNETTE ZIEGLER. AND SHE WAS JUST RE-ELECTED RECENTLY. HOWEVER, THE SUPREME COURT GETS TO MAKE THEIR OWN RULES. SO WHEN JANET PROTESAWICH BECOMES JUSTICE PROTESAWICH THIS SUMMER, THEY WILL HAVE A MAJORITY. AND THEY COULD DECIDE THAT THEY WANT TO TAKE A VOTE ON WHO THE CHIEF Justice is AT THAT TIME, AND YOU WOULD EXPECT, IF THAT HAPPENS, THAT IT WOULD BE ANN WALSH-BRADLEY WHO WOULD BECOME THE CHIEF, AND THAT WILL BE UP TO THE COURT AT THAT TIME, Is THEY GET TO SET THEIR OWN RULES, AND QUITE HONESTLY, THERE'S NO ONE ELSE TO APPEAL TO. THEY ARE THE SUPREME COURT.
2: <laughs> INDEED. SO HAVING REPORTED ON THIS AS WELL, ZACH, YOU KNOW THAT ANOTHER BIG ELECTION TUESDAY WAS FOR THE STATE SENATE EIGHTH DISTRICT, uh, WITH A SUPER MAJORITY ON THE LINE. AND, and IN A SUPER CLOSE RACE, REPUBLICAN DAN KANODAL TOPPED DEMOCRAT JODY HABISH-SYNICAN for- Fifty point nine percent to forty nine point one percent. Now the supermajority allows the Senate to impeach public officials. Dan Kanodal spoke to that opportunity ahead of the election.
4: That really could could involve any elected official, particularly elected uh, officials, uh, government officials as well. Pointed. So I would think it's it's all, I view it initially as all encompassing.
2: So, um, Dan Kanodal seems all in on impeaching uh, people, but how serious is the Republican majority about those new powers?
3: Well, they have yet to be tested. This has not been a reality in the modern era of Wisconsin politics. Dan Knoll was campaigning at that time, and he wanted that issue to be salient for the voters in his area as why he should be elected. And uh, th- the question is whether that would actually happen. That is a big process. It's not something to be taken lightly. And even though Republicans have 22 members, that is a huge majority, and not every one of those members would have would seem to be on board at this time. Uh, we have heard from Senate Majority Leader Lemahieu saying they're not just going to willy-nilly impeaching people. and the process right now is uncertain legally. And some of those terms aren't defined, which would seem to be leaning back to the courts getting involved if they wanted to go through this process for anybody.
2: So it, it could turn out to be a lot of time and trouble um, if they went ahead with that. Uh, Zach Schultz, thanks very much. Thanks for your coverage uh, through these election seasons.
3: All right. Thanks, Fred.
2: At the bottom of Tuesday's ballot were two questions posed to voters to amend the state constitution. The first question, on expanding conditions of release, passed with more than 66 percent voting yes. The second question, on expanding when cash bail can be imposed, also passed with more than 67 percent voting yes. For some in the court system, this was good news. For others who opposed the measures, they're warning of the consequences the amendments could have on the accused.
5: I think it was back in 2017 where this was first floated to amend the Wisconsin Constitution, really gained more traction after the Waukesha Parade Massacre with Daryl Brooks.
6: The two sides of the courtroom have come down on opposing sides of the questions that came before Wisconsin voters.
5: Our Wisconsin District Attorneys Association has supported this constitutional amendment, and we are very excited that the voters of Wisconsin joined us in overwhelmingly voting to give more factors for our judges to look at when setting cash bail, as well as some of the non-monetary bail conditions. So it should have a net effect of making Wisconsin safer, but also ensuring that our judges are all setting bail with the same rules.
6: That opinion contrasts from state public defenders. We did speak against the amendments when they were making their way through the legislative process. Really, our primary concern with them is the expanded role that money would play in the bail system under the amendment, uh, because fundamentally, cash is not a guarantee of public safety, uh, and these are going to have a significant impact on the number of individuals who are in custody while still presumed innocent. Overall, the amendments passed will expand the criteria judges can consider when setting pretrial release conditions.
5: When you look at what cash bail was for prior to this amendment, the, the only reason in the Wisconsin Constitution that allowed for cash bail was to assure a defendant's appearance in court. And now it says that we look at the dangerousness of the defendant. We look at the prior criminal record of the accused. We look at the defendant appearing in court. We also look at protecting witnesses from serious harm. So there are a number of additional factors that a judge is now able to look at to determine if cash bail is
6: appropriate. By expanding the number of considerations, you take away the ability to argue that this person will show up in court in the future. And it limits the ability to argue against a cash bail. amount. The use of cash uh, for SPD clients who are by definition poor, even low cash bail amounts of $250, $500 can be enough to keep them in jail. Um, and so when we increase the role of cash and the number of situations and cases where it's used, we're going to see uh, an increase in the number of people who can't afford to pay that cash bail and who are held in custody. I've had judges that will ask somebody,
5: how much money do you have in your pocket right now? $10? Okay, that's what we're going to order for cash. There are times where we'll make a request for $25, $50, maybe $100, where it's something that we believe a defendant might be able to post. But we also understand that could be a significant amount of money for that particular defendant, depending on their circumstances. But it doesn't require a judge to order cash bail. And there are already protections in our legal system for defendants who have cash bail ordered. It's also those non-monetary conditions that the uh, one of the amendments addressed to look at serious harm, not just what was previously serious bodily harm. So there are other factors that judges now get to look at when, um, if they're not gonna order cash, now the judges have an expanded ability to look at the harm that might be caused to protect from economic, emotional, other type of uh, potential harm that could be caused.
6: The list of violent offenses is Beyond what I think most people would consider to be violent, it includes um, uh, crimes such as disorderly conduct. If you have uh, a, a knife or uh, other low-level offenses that right now are not even often charged, the most important thing to understand is uh, keeping an eye on the impact on public safety. Uh, as I said, the research and evidence suggests that we won't see a decrease in Uh, crime rates as a result of this and in fact there may be a slight uptick. That's also why the research shows that a better model is one that is based on uh, risk assessment and not the role of cash bail. There's going to be a realization in the very near future that this has a significant impact on costs to counties in terms of increased jail population.
5: Probably it may be hard to see exactly how this plays out in different counties and you might be able to look at a jail population to see if a county is experiencing a um, higher number of defendants pre-trial in jail. That's a number that certainly uh, can be looked at, but you can't look at that in isolation because sometimes there can be an uptick in crime that could be responsible for that. Or it could be that cases are taking longer to resolve because of other issues.
6: Now we have to wait and see how this has a practical impact day to day, county by county, judge by judge and try and figure out what some of those practical impacts are. And then that other question to ask is, you know, when the county boards are considering the, the budgets each uh, summer and fall, uh, when those costs go up and the taxpayers are asked to shoulder that burden is this how you want your tax dollars being spent? Is it having the intended effect?
2: results of the main choice on the ballot left a jubilant winner and an angry loser the high-stakes high-cost Wisconsin Supreme Court race shifts the balance of the court to a liberal majority a much-watched result with political implications going forward for more we check in with our political panelists Democrat Scott Ross and Republican Bill McCashhen and thanks to both of you for being here
4: thanks for Great having us. To be here
2: so first I want to ask about uh, Daniel Kelly's concession speech what well, are your thoughts on that
4: bill? Well, you want to win with grace and humility and lose with class and humility and he did not do that. I mean when you lose by 11 points, that's that's a landslide in the state of Wisconsin. You, you, you need to be a little more humble. You know, I think it was insulting to all the people that worked so hard for him, folks that donated to him. I mean that's a representation on them too and he, he didn't think about that. Uh, you gotta You gotta lose with class.
2: Scott, when you saw that, what did you think?
4: Well, I thought it's the face of the Republican Party
0: right now because it has been decisive. It has been extreme. I mean, he is the embodiment of what the, where the Republican has gone. It's not where Bill's at. It's where, you know, it's the Trump, it's the DeSantis, it's the division, it's the, you know, just the, the, the rejection of what have been norms uh, in both policy and politics.
2: So, Bill, this was an 11-point win, as you pointed out. That was a trouncing. What exactly happened?
4: Well, it was twice as bad as his last race in 2020. He lost by about 110,000 votes a couple of years ago, and this was more like 225,000 votes. So uh, I think money was a factor, and, and there are different types of money. The money that Janet Protasiewicz was able to raise in her campaign you, goes further buying more campaign ads. so she had way more grace, gross rating points than he did. He always struggled to raise money. Dor- Jennifer Doro raised twice as much money than he did in the primary and he never picked it up in the general. So she had a huge advantage on the types of ads she could buy and at what rate. S- things seemed a little bit equal as it related to third parties, but those ads are far more expensive and the candidate doesn't control those messages. So he was he was outmanned and outmoneyed.
2: Was it uh, about the money,
0: Scott? Well, I think it's four things, and you know, just let me say that Bill reminds us, you know, in talking about Kelly's last loss that since 2016, Democrats have won 15 of 18 statewide yeah. elections. Like, this is a trend. They won the 2018 Supreme Court seat, 55 to 45. They won the one in 2020, 55 to 45. And they won, you know, the other night, 55 to 45. The amount but that they're winning by has increased. It's gone from 110,000 to 150,000 to 200,000. Yeah. You know, the trends are not right for the Republicans, both in the turnout in places like Dane County and Milwaukee, but also in the Wow counties. You know, Janet Prosiewicz won the city of Waukesha, you know, the place where Scott Walker had 73% in 2014. You know, but again, the Democrats, have, they, have the, they do have the money, they have the message, they have the machine, and they have the motivation, and that's gonna win elections.
2: What kind of a wake-up call is this for Republicans? Are Republicans now on the wrong side of the abortion issue politically?
4: No, we have the wrong candidates. We won on issues on Tuesday night. There were three statewide referenda on the ballot two related to to bail, cash bail. One passed was 67% the other had 68% and then there was a referenda question an advisory referenda question on able-bodied childless right. adults working. That passed with 80%. All 72 counties voted for those three referenda, including Dane and Milwaukee. So we're right on the issues. we got to do a better job on candidate screening. You're not going to win a
0: statewide issue on any of the three things that he's talking about. But on abortion, you're going to because it hits people hard. And, you know, it is, it's It's now, it's a disqualify, It's to be on the Republican side in statewide elections is a disqualifying, at least, you know, in the last, like, several years of elections, save for, like, one, you know, save for Ron Johnson. But, you know, what we have to see is, Not only is it toxic in places like Dane County and Milwaukee, but Janet won the third congressional district, the first congressional district. Soundly, she won in places like, you know, the French Quarter, Eau Claire and La Crosse, 64% in both of those counties. Republicans are in a lot of trouble if they don't
4: change. I don't think they're going to. Kelly, let Protosiewicz define his position on abortion. Voters never knew what his position was on abortion. If you're gonna be pro-life, that's fine but you gotta defend your position right you can't let your opponent define you on an issue such as that and and it was a huge problem for kelly no question about that
2: scott does this kind of um Spells a turn from the Scott Walker era?
4: Oh, without a doubt, absolutely 100%.
0: And given where the Republicans are on abortion and given where the public is and how they see the Supreme Court being that A to B line, because the overturning of the 1849 ban, when it happens, that's going to be in the, involved in Supreme Court elections from now until, you know, the next 10 years. So we've got ones up in 25, two Repu- Republicans up in 26 and 27. After 27, Democrats could, in theory, have six of the
4: seven Supreme
0: Court seats.
4: Yeah, we sort of run through Walker-backed candidates with Rebecca Clayfish and now Daniel Kelly, uh, but now his policies are going to be up for grabs uh, in the new Supreme Court. When Janet Protosiewicz gets invested in August, you know, there's two years where progressives will have full control or the majority on the Wisconsin Supreme Court, and a lot of his policies might be on the line.
2: Um, Bill, Scott Walker says that UW-Madison helped Dane County's numbers because he says, quote, liberals are indoctrinating young people and turning them out to vote. What's your response to that?
4: My response is Dane County has been a problem for Republicans for 20 years. We finally have some new leadership here in the county. Brandon Maley is going to do a very good job. Chrissy Ilgin uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by the new leadership in Dane County, but we're a ways behind where Democrats are. They have figured out that they can harvest more votes here in Dane County than any other county in the state and build up a massive advantage. Janet Protese had a 153,000 vote advantage just in Dane County. It's going to take some time to fix it for Republicans. Message matters, candidates matters, and it's going to take some time. Janet won
0: 12 counties that had UW campuses. The reason that people aren't voting is because Scott Walker wants to raise money for his new operation. It's because Republicans are wrong on the issues of abortion, transgender, rights, voting, education, all across the board.
2: A minute left, what are the implications for 2024? We'll
0: go to you. Oh, the implications are that, uh, uh, um, what's his name? uh, Derek Van Orton and Mm -hmm. Brian Stile better watch out because it sounds like they might be going out. If DC invests in Wisconsin elections, We're going to win. We've proven it time and time again now. You put the money in, we get the right candidates, we win
4: the elections. It's too soon to tell. We need a different candidate at the top of the ticket other than Donald Trump if we wanna win back in the suburbs. For Republicans, you have to win the bow and the wow counties, Brown, Autogamy, Winnebago, Washington, Ozaki, Washington. Janet Protosavitz won all three of the bow counties and she cut the margins in the wow significantly. We need a different candidate at the top of the ticket. At the legislative level, just keep passing proactive policies that voters respond to, and I think that that formula works. 27 counties she won, including the she entire
0: did. southwest and south central part of the state. 27 counties.
2: We need to live it there. Scott Ross, Bill McCausland, thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks. With spring elections over, state lawmakers turn their attention to crafting the new two-year state budget. After Governor Tony Evers released his budget proposal in February, Republican legislators are now building their own spending plan, working with a $7 billion surplus. More than 1,500 people showed up Wednesday as the legislature's budget writing committee held its first statewide public listening session. Many of those testifying before the joint finance committee came seeking more money for K-12 education. Having no increase on the per pupil revenue limit for the last two school years has been extremely challenging especially during a time when we've had to react to extreme inflation rates, staff shortages, and navigate a safe return to school amidst a global pandemic. Having no increase in the revenue limit during a time when we needed it the most has caused us to rely on one-time dollars, and these dollars are running out. I was pleased to know that I had found an education facility that met my needs for my son and my needs as a parent as well. I found it within my community. I asked... That you support closing the funding gap across all sectors of education in the state of Wisconsin so that our schools can continue to close the achievement gap that has plagued our city. The Joint Finance Committee will hold three more public listening sessions on the state budget later this month in Eau Claire, Wisconsin Dells, and Minocqua. For more on this and other issues facing Wisconsin, visit our website at pbswisconsin.org and then click on the News tab. That's our program for tonight. I'm Frederica Freiberg. Have a good weekend. for Here and Now is provided by the Focus Fund for Journalism and Friends of PBS Wisconsin.